Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. <laughs> and the technology. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears at Rad B. And this week, we return to the early 80s to rediscover the forgotten hits of 1981. Hey, Steve, don't forget, Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media mobile app. And don't forget to listen to our show at the new CLNS Media website. You can find it at, predictably, clnsmedia.com. Her hair is hollow gold. Her lips sweet surprise. Her hands are never cold. She's got better day besides she Steve joining us today, someone who has never forgotten and who has always been a hit. It's Jen with one end. Hello. Thank you so much for that kind introduction. Very kind. It's my absolute, absolute pleasure. Too kind. Pleasure. Say. No. Would you? You well, can be I'm meaner just, next time. I'm, I'm setting her up to ask to borrow some money. Yeah. Oh. Well, the joke's on you because I don't have any money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, well. But maybe someday you will and you will think fondly of me and yeah. loan me some. I remember back in episode 448 when Brad was actually nice to me. Oh, he was so kind. <laughs> I'm going to send him a shiny new nickel. <laughs> So, hey, if you uh, missed our first time we did this, we did this about a month ago. We came up with this idea that throughout the 80s, since it's been so long now, since we're all old people on the verge of death. I like older better than old. <laughs> I, I prefer the precipice of death. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> that there's probably a lot of songs that were big hits then that we've since forgotten all about. And mainly that's because, you know, Aside from satellite radio, there's not really anybody else out there who plays these songs anymore. So what we've done is we go back for each year. We started with 1980 a few episodes ago. This episode, we're going to do 1981. We comb through the Billboard Hot 100 chart, and we find the songs that either we forgot were hits or maybe never heard of them in the first place. I know last time we did this, I had a whole note song that I'd never heard before. Uh, and this week, we've got two songs for each of us that we think are sadly forgotten. And so we'll do that. And then after that, we have a lot of reader, uh, listener mailbag letters for you. And then after that, we have the return of everyone's favorite new seggy, take this job and shove it. And, woot, woot. and the idea is I'm going to keep doing this damn seggy until somebody gives me a job. Because uh, I don't No job is too big. No fee is too big. <laughs> Pretty soon I'm going to have to start feeding Cat Benatar real pet food. What? <laughs> she gets real pet food now. 
Schnookums. Anyway, Brad, cheer me up. Give me a forgotten hit from 1981. Okay, Steve, I'm going to hit you with something that's just going to it's going to blind you with science. I give you number 41 on the Hot 100 from the year-ending charts from 1981. Marty Balin's Hearts. Is everything the same? Do you ever think of me and how we love one another? Will you change your mind? We want me back Steve, I don't have a, a real strong recollection or a memory with this song, but I feel like the song itself is just evocative of the charts at the time. This kind of old school, soft, adult contemporary, you heard a lot of, and I, I'm not sure if I just stopped hearing it because I started listening to different radio stations <laughs> or if it just went away, but it's so much of that time to me. It went away. I mean, this this kind of... This genre of music died when MTV came out, and MTV came out in 1981. It didn't have any room for for songs like this. I also think it went away in the like after the 90s. So in the 90s, it was there were still radio stations that played this kind of adult, you know, not adult contemporary. It wouldn't have been contemporary, but but this sort of like soft rock kind of thing. I think they still played this kind of music. I, I can't remember the last time I actually listened to real radio, so maybe they're playing this song every hour on the hour, but I doubt it. It's a great song, though. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, this is the first single from Balin's uh, 1981 album titled Balin. Made it to number eight. Marty Balin's probably better known, not probably, is better known as one of the founders of Jefferson Airplane, but he left the band in 71. He said at the time, Janis Joplin's death really kind of struck him. Uh, and everybody in the band was doing so much drugs and he just couldn't talk to people and just didn't, he felt very disconnected from them. He'd stopped doing, he'd stopped drinking and he didn't like Coke. And so uh, he just didn't have anything going with Jefferson airplane. He did rejoin the band in the late eighties. And I'm not sure how long he stayed that time, but in the meantime, he did a lot of producing and managing and then his solo stuff. Excellent. So cool. Jen, what's your first uh, forgotten tune from 1981? So this is would be on that radio station, I think, Brad. It's Living Inside Myself by Gino Vanelli. I was young, time was on my side. Like a fool, I let it flip away. Now, this song I obviously remember. Uh, yeah, such you do. an earworm. <laughs> such yeah, an really earworm. Is. Oh, my God. What was shocking to me is that it came in at number 34. Really? <laughs> that it was so wow. Yeah, it's not high. It seemed extraordinarily high to me. Well, I mean, do you know Vanelli was huge in the mid-70s? Uh, he's Canadian. Wait, he's Canadian? I didn't know that. 
Yeah, he's from he's from Canada. He's won a, a ton of Juno awards. He was one of the first white artists to be invited to appear on Soul Train back in the early seventies. Uh, he toured with Stevie Wonder in the seventies. Really? Wow. <laughs> I know. It's just a uh, completely different time. It's hard to get your head around. It is. It is. His other big hit, which I think a lot of people know, is, you know, I just want to stop. And tell you how much I love this podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. Do you have any other, <laughs> were there any other Gino Vanelli chart toppers in the 80s? Not chart toppers, but top 40 songs would have been like um, Hurts to Be in Love from 1985 and Wild Horses from 1987. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't remember either of those at all. No, I don't either. But for whatever reason, he didn't tour at all during the 80s. Um, the only thing I've read about where he is now is that he's a music teacher in Oregon, although he still does perform from time to time. Nice. This song, it plays occasionally on the radio still. And it's the song that I always think I love to sing it. And so I'll like start belting it at the top of my lungs. And then I get to the lyrics, not the chorus. And I have no idea what the words are. So I'm kind of like, you know, that thing where you like, you know, exactly. I'm like wrapping things up like a douche. You know what I mean? Like just kind of making up the way. And I, cause, but I get excited when I hear it and I only can belt the chorus and, you know, it's just kind of fun to sort of like, you know. This guy's early 80s hair game was Very strong. strong. It was on point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Very strong. Moving on. Here is my uh, first pick for a forgotten song from 1981. This is Santana with Winning. guys remember this song yeah yeah it's fun i didn't recognize it from the title but when i as soon as the first note of it hit i'm like oh yeah i know this song this is a great song it is uh both my songs this week by the way have the uh the requisite hand clap as part of the song so uh, hand clap yeah, old, i sense a spinoff podcast. yeah and i'm telling you right now my second pick is all about the hand clap but uh oh we'll, we'll wait on that foreshadowing uh, winning is actually not an original Santana song it was originally written and recorded by Russ Ballard back in 1976 who is Russ Ballard you might say you might know him uh, best not as a recording star but as a songwriter he wrote uh, back in the New York groove you can do magic yeah. since you've been gone really and I, wow. I know there's something going on those are all his tunes wow Santana used winning for their, they had a 1981 album called Z-Bop, which is a perfect 80s name for an album. Oh my gosh, so much. Yeah. This one eventually got to number two on the uh, mainstream uh, rock charts, uh, number 17 on the Hot 100. It is the band's ninth most successful song. Wow. I never knew it was Santana yeah. uh, this whole time. I would hear it and not just not know well, who it was. Well, because what might be throwing you off is the, the lead singer. The lead singer in this case was uh, Alex Ligertwood. A Scottish singer. Mm -hmm. He sang with a handful of other groups back in the day. I mean, obviously Santana doesn't sing. He has a distinct voice. I remember this was like a big hit 
And I had a friend at the time. I was like, I was a hopeless, hopeless nerd. Like about 1980, 1981. I had no clue about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've gone back to my roots. But I, I had no clue. I mean, I just ask because you read all of the meetings, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you just sit right next to me. So. I, I had this friend in my neighborhood, though, who like kind of saved me. He like he told me, okay, you need to go, you know, I'm going to take you to the Gap. We're actually going to buy you some blue corduroys and, you know, and a concert jersey and, and all this kind of stuff. Get rid of that Gino Vanilli album. <laughs> yeah. But one of the T-shirts he always had and, and uh, was a Santana shirt. And he was a, like a Santana freak. And so I used to hear this when I was hanging out with him all the time. So um, he introduced me to Santana, to Journey, to the Cars. So, I mean, he got me away from listening to Kiss and Sticks. So he's the podfather. He's the podfather. I'm imagining like the montage of your makeover, Steve, (sighs) of like the clothing changing, the hair. Oh, my gosh. The records. They get That's thrown amazing. out into the yeah, backyard. When I win the lottery, when I win the lottery, we're shooting that. <laughs> okay. We're shooting that. Sounds good. So anyway, that's that. That's my uh, that's my time travel for you right there, Brad. It's your turn. Give us another uh, capsule of 1981. Steve, did you just say time travel? Did you, in fact, just say time travel? That is uncanny. I want to give you one of my favorite songs from 1981. Holding on tight at 81 on the year end charts. It's ELO with Hold On Tight. Hold on tight to your dream. Hold on tight to your dream. When you see the shadows falling, when you hear the cold wind calling, hold on tight to your dream. Do you remember ELO's 1981 album Time? Uh, describe the cover to me. Uh, it's blue and it's got the ELO logo on it. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> this nobody nobody remembers this album, but this song was a big hit. It's the lead single off of that album, and the album is ELO's second concept album. This one deals with a time traveler who finds himself in the distant future, which amazes him, and yet he misses and longs for the past sounds familiar doesn't it <laughs> maybe just a little i don't know anything about this time travel business all i know is this song hardcore makes me remember shaky's pizza that doesn't sound like a bad thing yeah that's a- yeah no not at all. i mean i feel like there was always somebody who played it on the jukebox <laughs> it's a fun song and it's yeah. a little odd because it's like i said it's the lead single on the album but it's the last track on the on the uh-huh. album I always thought it was kind of a strange place for it, but it's, you know, it kind of wraps up the storyline in as much as there is a storyline for this guy who's in the album. Um, so one thing that's interesting about this, this is ELO's first album after Jeff Lynne basically fired the string section. The, the whole album is a lot more electronic. They don't have a lot of uh, strings backing them, which they used to you know, famously, thus the, the orchestra part of their name. And you might also remember it as the, soundtrack to the uh, u.s coffee board spots for coffee achievers <laughs> no, i don't remember that do you all. remember those ads? No. do you remember those i was like a, they would air on i swear they aired on saturday mornings and i'm like why are you showing coffee ads to me i'm watching cartoons <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well planting the seed for the future of uh, yeah. coffee craze what can you say jen what is your second pick for the forgotten classic from 1981 So before I give you my second pick, 
I just have to say, the, 1981, I think, was a was a pivotal year for me in music because it, it, it was the year I started um, actively listening to music and like okay. listening to the radio. It wasn't like just on because my parents had it on. Like I, I actually started seeking out music. And just to give a little bit of context to the listeners, I'm going to real quick run down the top 10 just to give a little bit of, of a, a landscape of where we are right now, right? Betty Davis Eyes, yeah. Endless Love, Lady, just like starting over, Mr. John Lennon, Jesse's Girl, Celebration, Kiss on My List, I Love a Rainy Night, Nine to Five, and Keep on Loving You, um, REO Speedwagon rounds up the top 10. But like, <laughs> that's a lot of hits, you yeah. guys. And I just remember, like, I knew all the words to these songs. Like, as a kid, this was the year that I started really paying attention. Yeah. Um, and actually picking songs out at Shakey's Pizza on my own, you know? So it was hard. It was a little bit hard to find songs that weren't, um, really prominent in my mind in one shape or another. Yeah. So my second song is actually funny, strangely enough, a, a song I, at least a band I mentioned a few episodes back, but it is Boy from New York City by Manhattan Transfer. had mentioned this song several episodes ago when I was talking about my strange love of the 80s um, Anita Baker yeah. album. So mm-hmm. I had mentioned that I used to listen to my mom's albums and uh, and one of them was Manhattan Transfer. And so I would listen to this song, Boy from New York City, like over and over and over again. I thought it was the catchiest little tune. And talk about Earworm, like right from the beginning. <laughs> like, yeah. Right at the beginning, you know, and it's already kind of so bouncy and playful and it's just it's just a really fun song and really um i mean i'm guessing songs like out of the 70s into the 80s did have this i don't know how to say it brad you might be better at at describing it but like super produced sounding yeah you know this feels like a real throwback to me like it just seems um it, it seems really almost like a 50s song well, it is a cover song of a 60s tune. Uh, the Boys from New York City was originally recorded by a group called, wait for it, The Ad-Libs. Oh, that's a, ter- that's a, <laughs> that's a terrible band name. No wonder I had... Uh, did, well, how, how, how did the original do? Is this like a deep, deep album cut or was it something that people had actually heard? No, no. It, it, was, to- it was a top 10 tune back in 1965. Okay. Wow, it's older than we are. It's not surprising to see this band cover a 60s song because I didn't know this. The Manhattan Transfer actually formed in 1969 as a jazz vocal group. Oh, okay. Yeah, that does make sense. It kind of fits the fits the, the, the sound they have. Uh, yeah. What else? Did, I, again, did they have any other hits in the 80s? I mean, I think everybody remembers this song, but I don't really. Yeah. There was another one called Spice of Life in 1983, which got to number 40 on the charts. Is that, a, is that about Dune? <laughs> <laughs> was that Dune was like 1983, wasn't it, or 1984 or something? Oh, uh, I think it was 84. I think it was originally supposed yeah. to come out in 1983, but yeah, I think it was 1984. Nerd alert! Nerd alert! Uh, they did win some hardware. They won about 10 Grammy awards over the years. Wow. Uh, 
usually in categories such as, uh, you know, best jazz vocal performance. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for this one? Here we go. Hit us. Maybe. Uh, Much like uh, Jen listening to her mom's music, I was subjected to this song on endless repeat at the Spears household. This is my forgotten classic from 1981. I use the word classic uh, very lightly. This is the Stars on 45 with the Stars on 45 medley. I have to actually listen to this song. <laughs> it's 15 minutes long for starters. Technically, the name of the song is this. Are you ready? Medley, yeah. intro, Venus, sugar, sugar, no reply. I'll be back. Drive my car. Do you want to know a secret? We can work it out. I should have known better. Nowhere, man. You're going to lose that girl. Stars on 45. That is the technical name of the song. <laughs> Stars on 45 was a Dutch novelty band. They were pretty big in the U.S. <laughs> That's a great Dutch. band name right there. Dutch uh, no, no, I'm taking it, Brad. Yeah. You can't have it. <laughs> I'm just going to put it on my list. Okay, I'm just going to put it on my list right uh, now. In 1981, they were huge. Just huge in the, the U.S. <laughs> Dutch novelty band. Do no wrong. US, England, and Australia. <laughs> the band was composed entirely of studio musicians. They released a total of three medleys in 1981. This one which came out in January and it rose to number one on the charts and it featured mainly Uh, Beatles songs, but those are not the Beatles singing. The group's producer went out and he found some musicians who sounded enough like Paul McCartney and John Lennon. He hired them to sing these songs. And I swear to God, you can't tell the difference. And you have the distinctive clapping. When I saw this on the list, my my heart sank when I saw you had picked this because I was afraid that it was hooked on classics. Oh, God. That's a whole other thing. Oh, I, my mom when had that I one, saw, too. <laughs> when I saw that, I'm like, oh, no, please don't make me listen to that. Oh. The name of all that is holy. Oh, I know. That's a... So I was relieved that it was just butchered versions yeah. of Beatles songs. <laughs> I don't think they're around anymore. They were they were big for a couple of years in the eighties, and they've just kind of disappeared. Uh, sadly forgotten, you know? truly sadly forgotten. But here's one thing that we have not forgotten: it's our love for HelloFresh. HelloFresh returns to Stuck in the Eighties in 2018 as a sponsor for the entire year, and we could not be happier. I have been a HelloFresh customer since early last year. It's made a huge difference in the quality of my life. I eat healthier. I feel better. My doctor loves the numbers he gets every time I go in to see him. And that's because the meals come to your doorstep in pre-measured packaging. There's no binging on my part. There's They're quick and easy to make. Each meal comes with an illustrated recipe, and most meals can be done in 30 minutes or less. It's perfect for weeknights. I know Brad, I mean, 
you got you've been using it now lately you're loving it you know what it's been great you know one of the things when the kids go off to school we we've gotten into a new routine and being able to pick these menu items out ahead of time just takes so much pressure off of what am i going to do tonight when are we going to eat it makes it so much easier we're really enjoying it yeah and if it's the cost you're worried about don't be hello fresh dishes are less than ten dollars a meal i always go for the taco dishes um i had one a few weeks ago my favorite one's the pulled pork one have you had that one yet mm-hmm. no i make my own pulled pork so <laughs> That's true. You do. Uh, it blows my mind every time. Anyway, there's a 20-minute meal each week now if you're in a big rush. Those are always fantastic. And here's the best thing yet. I know it sounds weird, but HelloFresh will make you a better, more confident cook. That's the side benefit of working regularly with the freshest ingredients. Trust me, I can dice a shallot with the best of them right now. So join me and Brad as HelloFresh regulars. Just go to HelloFresh.com and use the promo code RADICAL30 to save $30 off your first order. That's HelloFresh.com, promo code RADICAL30. Our love for HelloFresh is truly unforgettable. You know what else is unforgettable? Our love for the The Seggies. Ah, I've almost forgotten we had a tune for this. It's the uh, mystical refrain of listener mailbag. And uh, the email's been piling up over recent weeks while we've been uh, going off in every little direction on the show. So we've got a bunch this week. We're going to read them off for you. The first one is from Bart in Lyles, Tennessee. And he's writing about our recent show where we covered our favorite John Williams movie scores of the 80s. Jen, why don't you take a crack at this one? All right. Love to. Hi, guys. I was listening to the recent John Williams show and was patiently waiting. I just knew before the show was over, one of the three of you would bring it up. Then the show ended with no mention. How in the name of all that's holy did y'all not mention the theme song to Superman from 1978? Uh. My parents took me to the drive-in to see it, and I remember as soon as the opening credits started and that theme kicked in, I was instantly hooked. Superman fan for life. Still love the show. Just don't ever forget Superman again. <laughs> wow, strong feelings. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. We should have we should have mentioned Superman. That is a really strong score. I I was trying to be obscure with my non eighties picks, and so I went in different directions. So you were. Uh, I went forward. I don't. I, we, I think we got two or three letters from people who were um, not happy with our picks. That is the truth. <laughs> Next letter is from John Hayes in Texas. Uh, Brad, give it a shot. John writes, I want to give a shout out to a John Williams score not mentioned on the podcast. Superman. (laughs) It's one of my top three favorite movies. And just as you guys were discussing, this is an instance when John Williams samples himself in the similarities to the Star Wars theme. Also, to just Drew and Brad, I have to stick up for Steve and the massive Reese's Pieces fan crowd. I mean, it's a staple at every movie theater. It clearly has a following. I don't think I've ever seen Reese's Pieces at the movie theater. But I do. I get them every time. Every time. Okay, and it's a, gi- a ginormous box. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I'm wrong. It's happened before. It's one of my favorite movie theater go-tos to the extent that I wish they sold a smaller bag because once I buy that huge bag and the lights go down in the theater, I inhale them. Funny E.T. tie-in, Reese's were only used when Hershey signed the deal after Mars refused to let M&M's be used in the film. Reese's PC sales then jumped by 300%. John Hayes, stuck in the 80s, letter writer extraordinaire. And fellow, I will say, fellow Reese's Pieces lovers, because you guys, I love Reese's Pieces. I will say it, say it loud and say it proud. (laughs) I, I love Reese's Pieces so much that after every holiday, I will go and get whatever, like, 
candy cane shape or bunny shape or whatever it is, heart shaped thing <laughs> that contains Reese's pieces. And then that's what I bring to the movies because it's cheaper when you buy them after the holidays. So tip for oh, all yeah. those Reese's pieces fans, go do that because you, you get twice as many Reese's pieces, but no, they're they're I yep. love them. I love them. I'm with you guys. I got them. I got them downstairs right now. I'm eating them as soon as this show's over. Yeah, I have a candy cane shape uh, in my uh, cupboard. Still in the food theme, uh, Donnie Ghetto rhymes with metal. Uh, wrote in Jen take this one for us okay without a doubt taco is the best flavor of Doritos ever Mm-hmm. and the packaging is half the deal my son who is now a senior in high school is now a connoisseur as I have taught him well when we are on the road and we stop for gas the first thing we hit is a full-size bag of taco Doritos he liked the cool ranch when he was little but I have since converted him I'm a good dad Donnie Gettle <laughs> rhymes with metal. All right. I mean, that's, he, he's right. If you're in the car, I, I'm not going to go with the taco thing, but, but when you're in the car and you're on a road trip, Doritos is a really good choice. It is. And I think we, we talked about that in the um, Strange Love show, wasn't it? The second one. Yes. The one that was the about food. food. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh my God. If I could have some of those right now. It's, it's like five o'clock here on the East Coast. I'm starting to, to get a little hungry, obviously. So the food theme continues. Uh, Christian and Duluth. Has this uh, email for us about uh, once again our strange love podcast and my love of spam. So, uh, Brad, take it away. Here we go. Christian writes, Spearsy, while I don't share your love of processed meats and spam in particular, I will share with you that in southern Minnesota, there is a small city called Austin, which just happens to be the home of Hormel Foods. Austin also has the Spam Museum, <laughs> which has to be seen to be wow. believed. <laughs> wow. The history of spam is on full display, as well as how it helped our military in several wars, and a full exhibit featuring Monty Python's spam relationship. Running overhead in the entire facility is a nonstop conveyor belt of tiny cans of spam as well. The whole experience can be topped off by visiting a small diner across the street called, and I swear I'm not making this up, Johnny's Spamarama, with a menu that features spam cooked in more ways than should be legal. I have to confess, the Spam fries were really good. I don't know why you would ever be in Minnesota, but let me know if you ever come up. I'd be glad to meet you in Austin for a tour and a bite. My treat. Afterward, we can make the drive slightly north to Minneapolis and tour Paisley Park and all things Prince. Maybe you too can purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. I'm in. I'll do it. We'll go. <laughs> That'd be fun. Let's do it. <laughs> a lot of salt. Spam and Paisley Park. Road trip. <laughs> I don't know. Let's do Paisley Park first and then do the spam. I'm just thinking it's going to work out better for us, okay? We love your letters. Uh, Keep sending them in. The email address is podcast at sit80s.com. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. Oh, here we go. Everyone's new favorite segment, Take This Job and Shove It. Yeah, this is the ongoing um, malaise that I'm in as I sit here looking for a new job. These days, I'm kind of filling my days doing freelance work, and that's that's nice and all, but it, I don't think it's going to cover my nut. So we'll see how, what happens. Uh, anyway, we, we love the job stories that we've been getting. Here's one from Cal in Atlanta. Cal writes, I do feel for you, Steve, and your job situation. I hope you land on your feet. Maybe I can share my own story to soften the blow. Briefly put, I was at a job for over 10 years. and While the company was in a downturn, the owner decided it was too much, and he took his own life to leave his daughter with a fairly substantial insurance payout. Oh, my God. That's horrible. No kidding. Oh, oh my God. Anyway, um, Cal continues. As co-founder and second-in-command, I had to deal with winding the company down, laying off employees, 
and trying to sell off the business and assets. Quite possibly the worst work experience ever and the one that set me on a completely different career path. The silver lining is that I did find a rewarding job with an incredible company that really takes care of its employees. Thanks again for the podcast, Cal in Atlanta. Wow. Okay. So maybe I won't be complaining so much this week. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's horrible. Cal, I feel so bad for you. That's awful. We got uh, one more letter today from Dave Dirt, our old friend Dave Dirt. Dave writes, well, in the 80s, I wasn't old enough to work a traditional 40-hour week, but I still did in a way. My first real non-lawn mowing, hay hauling job, it was Southwest Missouri after all, was shoveling seed during fescue season? Yeah, fescue. What's fescue? It's a type of grass. Oh, I had no idea. There yeah. you go. Fescue season for Pennington seed. I swear to God, I've never seen that word before. Anyway, oh, he explains right afterwards. Uh, Dave Dirt uh, continues, you know all those bags of grass seed you see at Lowe's or Home Depot? Yeah, that's what we shoveled all day, which, by the way, was from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. The season was only about four to six weeks long in the summer, and a lot of the time towards the beginning and end of the season, we were just sitting around waiting for trucks. During this time, we could sleep, listen to music, work on our cars, whatever. As soon as the truck pulled up, though, we hauled ass and shoveled it into the ground where one of the older kids would get a bobcat loader and push the pile into a huge storage building. It really wasn't a bad job most of the time. I think I even started there when I was 13 or 14, so my body wasn't even really broken down yet. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. I feel that. Dave continues. We did have plenty of free time, like I mentioned, but oh boy, during the height of the season – Well, that's a completely different story. The deal was that we worked until the last farmer came with a truckload. Farmers work a hell of a lot of hours, let me tell you. There were many days where we would work until 2 or 3 the next morning and still have to go back there at 7 a.m., bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, all ready to do it again. You want to talk about earning 350 hour the hard way. Uh, (laughs) Kidding. Gosh, man. Brad, I feel bad like we ever bad-mouthed McDonald's. We didn't know how good we had it. You're not wrong. Yeah, Dave Dirk continues. Between that, though, and the aforementioned lawn mowing and hay hauling gigs, I saved enough money to pay cash for my first car, a black 1985 Grand Am. Oh, Sweet. yeah. I think I would shovel some seed for that. Anyway, that's my 80s work story. By the way, Steve, good luck with the job hunt. I know how much that sucks. <laughs> about seven years ago, my <laughs> wife got laid off from her job. Then about two weeks later, I did too. Wow. Oh, man. Oh, shit. Dang. Those weren't fun times to be sure, but we made it through. More importantly, it got me out of a job, which I truly hated. As always, I'll be here longing for the days I could shovel seed for 21 hours and still actually function the next day. Dave Dirt. Wow. Okay. There is a silver lining. So that's good. So freelance, here I am. I love knowing the backstory of his name. (laughs) (laughs) We got to get him back and do another uh, hair metal show sometime soon. We do. Do it. We love your job stories. Uh, Send them, as always, to podcast at sat80s.com. We'll be right back after this commercial break. You are the new American society, the movers and the shakers. You are the new coffee generation. Because coffee is the calm moment that lets you think. Coffee gives you the time to dream it and the vitality to do it. No other drink does that like coffee. Join the coffee achievers. 
we're back. We have just a few minutes left. I uh, just want to let everyone know this is the last podcast we're going to be doing before we set sail on the 80s cruise this year. So the next podcast you hear will be recorded from somewhere deep inside stateroom. <laughs> what are we, where are we at? 6049 or something like that? Something like that. <laughs> yeah. We'll probably record two or three shows. Uh, hopefully we'll be doing a live podcast recording. Hopefully we will have Thomas Dolby there for that. If you're on the cruise with us, don't forget you'll also be invited to a special screening of Real Genius one of the nights, midnight viewing up on the uh, uh, rooftop terrace. And then when we come back, we'll have some stories for you and we'll get started again. More acoustic songs, more forgotten songs in 1982. But in the meantime, we remain here, hopelessly, stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app. Is that good? Anyone else want to? Oh, it's glorious. Okay. I'm stopping yeah. the recording now before you ruin it with some <laughs> fart joke.